there's some information moving um, across the wires by the Toronto Stars, Kevin Donovan, um, releasing a, a pretty big story that I'm just trying to work through, but it gives new information uh, about search warrants that have been obtained by the Star, and it reveals that Honey Sherman, Barry's wife, was the homicide victim police were originally investigating for almost a full month. A full month, they investigated just her homicide. And you'll recall that the children had said there's no way this is a murder-suicide because that's the theory that they were working on. And now we learn a little bit more. I'll, uh, I'll go through this and maybe talk about this towards the end of the show, but there'll be some new information obviously moving uh, that you'll hear about, but uh, it's pretty interesting. But I do want to talk about this story because on a global perspective, this is, this is turning into a pretty massive story and, and begs the question, you know, are we in a Cold War with Russia? Um, because there's been a lot going on geopolitically. Russia today announcing it is expelling British diplomats, of course, in retaliation uh, to Theresa May, who just kicked out 23 Russians in Britain following a military-grade nerve agent attack. And she did not hesitate to point the finger of blame at Vladimir Putin, saying that uh, the people that she kicked out are Russian spies hiding under diplomatic cover. And she said today that the U.K. is saying that it may go even further. And in a joint statement, the United States, Germany and France have all now condemned the attack. Trump also announcing sanctions against those implicated in the attacks. And and while Canada has been slower to respond, Mr. Trudeau and Chrystia Freeland and a couple of other ministers have condemned the attack. But what does Canada do now? Will we be expelling any diplomats? Will we be beefing up things like our counterintelligence? We do have the Magnitsky Act, which gives us the power to impose sanctions. Does this cover this kind of situation? I want to bring in John Mraz, who uh, is not just a former uh, war room director in the political world, but he's done a lot of international journalism all over the world. And this is one particular area that he knows a lot about. Hello there, sir. How are you? I'm good. Let, let me ask you that um Last question. So we've got, it's the Magnitsky Act, right? Magnitsky Act. Am I saying that right? That's right. And would that qualify here? That give Canada the power to to do what the UK is doing and uh, the US? I I, uh, respectfully, I think you're asking the wrong question. I want to answer a couple of the questions you asked uh, uh, earlier on to your viewers. The first one is, we've been in a Cold War for quite a while. It's an economic Cold War. Sanctions have been imposed on Russia by most of the G20, uh, uh, which has really impacted their economy. Vladimir Putin's having trouble feeding his people. He is angry. Uh, and he is starting to strike back. What matters when it comes to the Canadian perspective is we don't have that large a Russian diaspora, mm-hmm. but we have a huge Ukrainian-Canadian yeah. population, very unhappy with Vladimir Putin's actions in Ukraine and eastern Ukraine and in Crimea. Uh, and we could do a lot more in terms of supporting an independent democratic Ukraine. Whatever sanctions we seek to impose on Russia will be nothing compared to the effect that the sanctions that Britain and Germany and the United States can and I think should impose. But what we are and what we should be talking about, we're in a very dangerous frame here. We've got a U.S. president, uh, at least, whose team are implicated with talking to Russians, a Mueller investigation that gets getting closer and closer to Trump's economic ties, at the very least, to Putin. Uh, and, and so Trump 
to sort of prove that he was not treasonous or implicated in any of that is going to have to get tougher and tougher with Vladimir Putin. We had the poisoning in Britain. Uh, a lot of people on the other side uh, of the pond do not believe that Putin ordered that. In fact, it's people who want to replace Putin who are seeking to undermine him right before his yeah. re-election. I mean, election is a yeah. big word. His reappointment as a yeah. tyrant. Uh, reappointment and, by himself. And, yeah. and so, and he just did, of course, this annual sort of State of the Union address for the Russians, where he is bragging that he has weapons that uh, he could, you know, that would easily destabilize the world. And now you're into a, 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 a cold war of a real sort, a geopolitical military cold war. And I think the message he was trying to get across is we're going to put these weapons around the globe unless you lift the sanctions and, and everybody understands. But I would also remind you that in the 70s and the 80s, this, this expelling of diplomats and these sorts of events were like every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So we've gone right back to fighting what, we're, you know, what I grew up with, which was the war with the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And we've got a president who is under investigation for, in fact, maybe working with the greatest enemy America's known. And, and that, that NATO and North America and Europe have known in, since the end of, uh, of the Second World War. So very tense. Justin Trudeau's voice does not, I want to be frank, really matter much at this table. Right. This is Trump. This is May in Britain. This is Angela Merkel in Germany. And this is Vladimir Putin. And while everybody thinks Vladimir Putin should go, I would remind everybody his replacement might be much worse. Right. And so... Where does this then go? I mean, what what do we start to see next? Because, you know, Putin has been flexing his muscle that he's got, uh, you know, capabilities of, of launching missiles and, that you know, streets around the world. And that Putin also did an interview six months ago where he exceeded, and yeah. any smart Western or Eastern or Chinese leader would exceed. Everybody's got weapons that can wipe out the Earth in 10 minutes. If you're going to go to that nuclear option, pardon the pun, none of us are going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. So what happens next? Well, Russian people need to be fed. The middle class has been shrinking there. And a Russia in a revolution is a dangerous thing. China would get very nervous. Sure. That would even, Europe gets very nervous. They remember Russia moving towards them at the end of the Second World War. So, uh, I mean, in terms of what we can do as Canadians, we can 100 percent support uh, the interests of our Ukrainian diaspora. We can support whatever movements and whatever financial or military um, uh, efforts we're making in Ukraine to make sure that the rest of Ukraine stays safe. Because do not assume that Putin, and he has a habit of doing this, does not use further expansion into Ukraine to solidify his base and Russian pride at the expense of the economic interests of his people. But what, what does have to happen is everybody has to come to the table before sure. this gets too dangerous. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's just kind of, it's so far out there, I think people sit back and say, well, it's another world, but it, it's really kind of escalating. This much can become very real to everybody yeah. very soon. Yes, absolutely. Um, I do want to ask you about this because it broke late today, yeah. and it's, uh, you know, I think the headline is very misleading because it says Canada sending troops to UN peacekeeping mission in Mali. And I think the title needs to be Canada sending troops into one of the most dangerous areas in no, the entire world. This has been the, the most dangerous U.N. peacekeeping mission in the history of U.N. peacekeeping missions since Lester Pearson and those guys came up with such a thing yeah. 40, 50 years ago. Uh, over close to 150 people have died. The Germans and the Dutch, who had 
who had personnel and materials in there, uh, were not as close to the front as the African Union, UN peacekeeping troops who are up north. One third of that country is held by Islamic terrorists. Right. The reason Mali matters is that Mali, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how it was handled, is in possession of rare minerals that uh, go towards the build-out of the cell phone you're probably looking at right now and the computers that we're using right now as we're, we're online. And so Mali matters. There's uh, an election coming up. Yeah. The West wants to keep an interest there. Chinese interests are there. And in the middle of that, they've got a civil war run by the most, some of the nastiest uh, Islamic uh, radical Salafist terrorists in the world. These guys play for keeps. They're quite serious. I'm not quite sure where they get their weapons. Yep. This is a very, I mean, if you remember uh, the problems that we had in Rwanda and Somalia in terms of our UN peacekeeping forces, this is a very dangerous, difficult mission. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. But Canadians should know what we're in for. We send our personnel in there. We are more than likely to hear some bad news sooner or later. And I'm not sure it's a problem that doesn't need the entire world's attention, American or European intervention in much greater force with much greater investment than it's got. This is a the, it's the most dangerous mission yeah. for the U.N. in the world right now. Right. And, and I just think it's being undersold. And I just don't think people should be uh, lulled into thinking that, OK, Canada's just going to go over there and give out candy and uh, and soothe everyone's feelings. Uh-huh. This is a very this is probably going to result in body bags. I will. Yeah, I will say this. Both Trump and NATO and the U.N. do have a point, though. Right. Canada does not do its fair share of investment in its own military and of um, a partnership in missions like this around the world. And if, if Trudeau and the Liberal government in Canada want to be seen as meaningful actors, then, you know, this is a decision maybe we should make. Mm-hmm. But we should be having a conversation about it. And we do have to understand this, that our boys and girls who are going over there, who yeah. serve our country with great patriotism and, and dignity, they are going into harm's way. This is... Uh, uh, a parallel to uh, the worst, the most dangerous missions down in the omelet in Afghanistan or uh, other places that we've been historically. And that's why we salute our men and women. All right, Correct. John, thank you. Thank you. John Raz joining us uh, on this to get the intel of what is happening. And I just I saw that breaking story a couple of hours ago and I thought, oh, here we go. It's being sold as a peacekeeping mission. But I, I don't think we can actually say that term anymore. We just can't because the world's not peaceful. It's actually very de- deadly. So, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that one.